Welcome back to the No Appalachia. I'm Jeremy, and hopefully you guys are doing good out there, wherever you're listening in from. So, <laughs> my cat has decided to join us. I figure I'm going to give her an interview. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> stay, stay the fuck away from my microphone. And get away from my coffee. Um, so, if you guys are joining us from the area that got hit by the storm, I really hope that you guys have power. I know a lot of people are just using their cell phones to kind of reach out and keep themselves entertained or, or to try to, you know, keep updated on what's going on. But, <laughs> stop that. But hopefully you guys are staying warm out there and hopefully you guys have power. <clears throat> I think a lot of people think that these storms that hit us, uh, that we're just not used to ice and snow and that's not the case at all. We're used to ice and snow, but. Uh, we're talking within a short amount of time, uh, getting ice on the trees, and the trees are falling all around you, and people's houses are getting caved in. <clears throat> it's a really uh, rough situation, but you know, there's there's only one way through, and that's just to kind of hope for the best and just do whatever it takes to get through. But hopefully you guys have power, or will get power soon, if you haven't. God damn it, cat. So, let's talk a little bit about Appalachian witchery, and let's talk about old-time religion. So, they're not the same. I know a lot of people want to group them together, and they do have things that overlap quite a bit. But it should be understood that witchcraft itself isn't religion. It's a practice but it's not a religion. Old-time religion itself is really rooted in just old-time Protestant belief systems. And, you know, here in Appalachia, there's so many denominations that it's, it's, I'd be here all day uh, trying to just go over the basics, let alone uh, go into any sort of detail. God damn it, cat. <laughs> Alright. So, whenever we're talking about overlaps, we're talking primarily the use of the Bible. The Bible's uh, seen as grimoire. Uh, I've explained this in, in another episode, but uh, just to kind of go over briefly. The Bible's seen as something of a grimoire or a magical tome. And Really what it comes down to is when we talk about Appalachian witchery, there's a couple of kinds. There's the ones where a person will make a deal and denounce God to become a witch. And then there are those who are touched. And there's two types of touched usually in in the region. And that's when you say somebody's touched in the head. Which means that there, <clears throat> something's mentally wrong with them. Uh, this person may have schizophrenia or something, and you may hear an old timer say, "Well, she's uh, that lady, you know, that lady over over the mountain there. She's she's touched in the head." Um, now, if we're talking about um, touched in way of practice, then we're talking about the, they've got the touch. They've been touched and, and gifted. And oftentimes you see this with numbers. So, like, 
you know, Mamaw was the seventh child of the seventh child, right? So she was, um, she was touched. Or you'll hear the ninth child. Or you'll hear uh, the third. So there are definitely number uh, importances, especially three. Three's a, a big thing in most cultures, but in Appalachia, like almonds and things usually comes in threes. And, you know, the, I don't know that there's anything too mystical about it. I think it's more or less like one, once maybe a fluke, two times, eh, three times it's it's a, you know, it's, it's not a fluke. It could just be that grounded thinking, or it could be something a little bit more mystical. Most of the old-timers have a very um, earthy, grounded mentality, so it would make sense for both, though, because um, there is a, a mysterious feel to the culture itself. Now, when we're talking about that in particular, um, you know, threes and, and certain people having, uh, or being touched, you know, you, that's, that's a big thing as well. A lot of this stuff, they, these old timers will tell you that you can't teach this stuff and you really can't. Some people really are just touched. And they have the ability to uh, heal, or they have the ability to do other things. With my mamaw, she was more of a seer, so she wasn't um, she wasn't too much of a of a healer or anything. But when it came to knowing what was going to happen in detail, having dreams about it, seeing it happen, or however else she got her information, she always knew what was going to happen and when it was going to happen. So, that's one way of things. Another way may be, you know, this old-timer that I knew down the road, he, he'd go to church and, um, you know, if, if you had a sick kid or something, you'd take, you'd take the kid to him. Well, he was gifted in the way that he could heal. So, he'd lay hands or he would, um, and, and, you know, that varies as, as well. So you have these traditions where, you know, we could talk about laying hands, but, but different people will have different ways of doing it. So there's no set way of how to do this stuff specifically. So when they're talking about laying hands and stuff, you may have an old man uh, who believes in, you know, for example, there's a, you know, you take the illness, you may lay hands on, and you'll take the illness with the left hand, and you'll give healing with the with the right hand, right? So it's a give and take. Some folks just say that you're you're using two hands to pray over the child. Um, either way, again, it's it's different preference, and it's uh, you know different ways that people have learned to hone their craft. So there's going to be uh, variations, very similar to how it is with anything else in the region. We're talking music, for example. You may have uh, a family pass down a certain uh, song, like Banks of the Ohio, for example. It's one of my favorites. So one family may have a variation. Their tempo may be a little bit up. Their, um, you know, the, there may be uh, a certain set of words they use. And then a family down the road may have a completely different version. You know, it's, they may not even use instruments, or they may use um, 
if they do use instruments, maybe it's at a lower pace or a slower pace with, um, you know, with a different set of words. And that's what you see with a lot of murder ballads and things of that nature. You'll have uh, different versions out there. And you'll have certain artists who prefer those certain versions. And they'll stick with those. And it's like Ralph Stanley or uh, Bill Monroe. You'll have a specific story that they're telling. And it'll be the same story, but they'll tell it in a different manner. You know, Doc Watson has his version of... Uh, he may have a, a, a version of Pretty Polly that will be completely different from somebody else. And it's still telling the same story, but it's 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 very individual. And I think it's a, a big issue with people trying to understand the mindset of the region because you're talking about a clannish group of people who are really about community and family and taking care of your own, but it's very individualistic. And so whenever we talk about tribalism, and I talk about that in an Appalachian sense, it is very tribalist because each tribe's going to have a different belief or a different way of doing things. And you see that in hollers. You know, you see these families living together in close quarters and they're you know, essentially building their own histories together, uh, you know, generational, uh, these houses are generational, these people in re these relationships are generational, you know, one of my best friends growing up, well, my best friend growing up, you know, I've talked about him on here, but he's, you know, his grandpa, my, my grandpa are, were really good friends, and that's how our families got really close. And of course, you know, their family ended up marrying into mine. But it's, uh, uh, it's, it's very clannish and tribalist, but it's at the same time, it's very individualist. Um, so going back to the topic, though, whenever we're talking about things like laying hands, somebody may have a different version. Uh, whenever we're talking about uh, curing thrush, and I, I made a post about this the other day, some folks just you know blow on the face of, of the child some people will cup the hand over the mouth and breathe in uh while you know after they pray and they'll breathe in uh really hard breaths almost like shooting the breath in uh, some folks may not do that some folks may uh, breathe in the illness and it all just depends on the person there's no set way to do any of this stuff so the crossover with old-time religion being these these old Protestant denominations that came over in the early days, these religions, uh, or this pathway um, in regards to practicing, crosses over with that quite a bit. Uh, and due to uh, the idea of God, um, or the idea of using the Bible, and Jesus' name is you know, uh, for magical working. So there's different types of witches, obviously. Um, you know, and it's usually comes down to, uh, again, a tribalist mindset of what's good, uh, for the people, what's bad for the people. So if you have somebody that's being malicious, obviously that's bad. So 
Therefore, you're going to you're gonna say, well, that's a bad witch. Or, um, and rarely have I ever heard anybody call the witch. It's, just, it's usually, she's, she's just bad news. <laughs> yeah, is, is usually the case. Or, um, you know, at, at woman, she's a mean old lady. You know, um, when we're talking about what's good, you know, we're talking about the healers. We're talking about, uh, folks that'll, that'll help you uncross, um, things of that nature. So, while they're not the same, they definitely go hand in hand. Um, these mountains are mysterious. You know, these are old ass mountains. And there's a lot of things that's happened in these mountains over the centuries. The most important thing that has really come out of uh, these mountains is, is the folks that come from these places, these hollers, are usually very grounded individuals. There's nothing, you know, whenever we're talking about uh, rituals and stuff or any sort of uh, thing in, regarding the actual practice and doing of something uh, mystical, it's not, it's not down to whoever has the most expensive robe. <laughs> Whoever draws the most perfect circle on the on the ground, you know, what it comes down to is using whatever you've got to get it done. It's a very resourceful mindset. And we see that a lot in just about every aspect of, of being in these mountains. But specifically with this type of stuff, you know, you'll have, um, it goes along with that variations or it'll go along with, uh, you know, a lot of these traditions have survived so long because there is isolation and, um, you know, them coming over, they didn't have all these big fancy things to do this shit with. You're really just, it's, it's really just you and whatever you've got. So let's talk about the new age movement. The new age movement was around, I'll say the 1900s was like uh, whenever it started, or not the 1900s, 1800s, so 19th century. It really got big during the 60s. Uh, Dr. Timothy Leary and all that mess, you got the, uh, the age of Aquarius shit that they were talking about, essentially a new age, peace, love, positivity, you know, <laughs> you know this, is, this is the end of this old mean world and we're going we're gonna to be elevated you know, problem with that is it's not very realistic, is it? It's not how that's not how things work, and I don't think it's how I'd want things to work. I don't want peace and happiness and a world without struggle because something something's always bound to happen. Um. And when it does, if you're not used to it, and you've gotten so used to peace and love and light, first of all, light can't exist without dark. So the idea of, you know, all this, this beauty and shit, like none of this shit's really, it's just your, your stasis. If there's no darkness, if there's no, um, if, if there's no struggle, then you're not really being... Do you really know if you're in a state of peace? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it, to me, it doesn't make sense. Um, you leaving? You ain't going to get interviewed? Go on. If you ain't going, go on and leave me. <laughs> oh, shit. She got super angry about that. Biting the hell out of me right now. Yep. You can't have my damn coffee. So, I don't believe in this whole idea of, of peace and love and all this. You have to have struggle. Struggle is what makes you learn about yourself. It kind of initiates you into becoming your own person, right? That's why I don't understand a lot of these, these kids that go to college and they think, you know, they've they've got a family that's been, you know, still together and ain't had no problems and went through school, did good, go to college, and then they think that they know about everybody else's struggles. You know, I, I, they, they don't know about struggle. That's just it. They don't, a lot of these kids have had, you know, got whatever they wanted and whatever they wanted, and then they want to talk about struggle, but they're not out in the streets slumming it with the rest of them, you know. They're not out here in the holler slumming it with the rest of us, <laughs> you know. There's it, the whole philosophy behind, and I mean, it's deeper than that, but I mean, it, just a base level, to me, it, it, it never made much sense. It just seemed like a lot of people, again, you know, it's, it's again, who, who don't fully understand the world. Now, let's talk about neo-paganism, because they overlap. I don't think they're the same thing. A lot of people will classify the New Age movement as like some neo-pagan shit, and it's really not. Oh, I don't even know where to start with neo-paganism. So neo-paganism is essentially, it's more or less religious paths, uh, most usually pre-Christian uh, revivals. And I don't typically have a problem with pagans. Uh, and I've, I've used the term incorrectly just because I didn't want to go into a big fucking in detail or a conversation because, you know, ex explaining, uh, something at the time. But I mean, the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, you have a lot, it's a very broad umbrella term and it could, it could mean anything, you know, but most, mostly it points to revivals, of these pre-Christian belief systems. So you have a lot of the Celtic belief systems you got, um, you know, depending on, on what region, we're talking, you'll have, uh, Norse. There's a, there's a lot of, um, you know, Greek, Egyptian. And a lot of people uh, gravitate toward that first whenever they get into the occult. I've noticed they've, uh, it's kind of like the gateway, right? It's, it's like the, it's, a lot of it's very much, in my opinion, a lot of it's very cartoony. Most of it's bastardized. Uh, not all of it, but there is a lot of bastardization in, when, in regards to this stuff because they're taking 
things and instead of really studying the culture or studying the context of doing these these rituals or 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 anything of that nature they just kind of throw it out the window and say well this is just this is how I feel today so today it's we used to we used to make fun of the Norse stuff specifically because we used to call it Tumblr true because if you go on Tumblr and you type in you know uh, also true or you type in and I and I usually separate actual heathenry from neo paganism I, I separate those two things but those who who've listened to the podcast for a while I've I've been a I've practiced heathenry since 2008 and it's been a lot of work and reading and learning about culture and learning about uh you know where my ancestors came from where um you know and, and essentially the mindset you know learning what a kinning was you know in in regards to poetry <laughs> things and and writing and things like that because you to understand the gods i think you need to understand the culture you need to understand the worldview and you really need to understand uh you know in in way of the norse especially you need to understand their way of storytelling and then that kind of gives you a broader view but instead of just a straightforward like this is this is this and this is just how it is because it is our ancestors weren't weren't that dull so with the Norse stuff that you'd find on Tumblr, it was it was fucking insane, right? Uh, you know, you had you had this stuff of like, yes, Thor rides a motorcycle and he wears pink shirts because he's a feminist. And I was like, where did that come from, though? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, where where did all of this come from? And their idea, a lot of well, I don't know how to say theirs like it's a broad sense. I don't I don't want to generalize everything on there, especially because I haven't checked it in a very long time. But um, you know, whenever you have the movie version of Loki, is like that's that's your absolute like that's this is exactly how it is, and the Marvel you know, movie version of Loki is exactly how, um, Loki really is. And this is how the stories are. And then if you try to tell them like, no, actually Loki, Loki wasn't, uh, Odin's son by any means, then they get pissed. I got put on a page called, uh, you're an asshole for that one. So that was, that was nice. <laughs> uh, but of course, that was around I, th- I think I will say 2013 or 14. So, but I got word that I got put on a, a page called "You're an Asshole" because I have a uh, I, I had a little dispute with somebody online, and I don't have a lot of online disputes. I try to stay the fuck away from people who want to debate and shit like that. But um, essentially, somebody who's passing off that this is. These are the Norse stories without actually posting any of the Norse stories. It was literally just a, a rehash of, of a fucking Thor movie. And, you know, it's it's fucking wild, man. But, um, yeah, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of bastardization, right? And we start to see these folk traditions like Appalachian um, mysticism and you know, like these other practices that are regional. Because I could be here all day. I mean, I've got a lot of stuff that, 
that really has crossed my mind. Uh, these other these are the practices that I want to list, and it's just there's so many folk practices that I'm starting to see revived, uh, or you know practiced more widely than they were about five years ago, and I'm I'm, I'm really happy that I'm seeing that sort of thing happen, as opposed to people just taking whatever and and making shit up and then posing that as this the this is the only way that this uh, this works um to me it just don't make sense but i don't have anything against neo-paganism but but whenever they start dragging in these folk traditions and they start really just dismembering them like stuff that it's different whenever we're looking at things that existed centuries upon centuries upon centuries ago. Because it's not here anymore. It's still, it's still spit in the face whenever you bastardize it, but it's not here like it used to be. A lot of these folk traditions still are surviving. And for some people, this is the only tie to whatever identity that they have or that they feel that they have. And you are essentially, whenever you put out your bullshit, your lot and love, your fucking this, that, and the other thing, um, you are putting them in the wrong direction. You're putting a person in the wrong direction who may be looking for, you know, where they belong or where they feel like they fit. Neo-paganism is fine. But don't be coming in here with this bunch of bullshit where you're trying to uh, make it whatever it is you want. Yeah, things are a little bit individualistic, uh, especially with the Appalachian stuff. Yeah, people have their own versions, but it still goes along the same streamline. It goes back to that whole music idea. You know, it's the same story. It's just that, you know, there may be some words different. There may be a change in tempo. Uh, if we're talking about the music. So it's the same thing. You know, it may be the same line of doing things. And you'll see the similarities at its main core. But then you'll see, you know, um, you'll see it, it switch up depending on who's doing it. And for me, the most disgusting thing is you'll see these books written about this stuff. And it'll be, you know, in the New Age section of Books a Million or Bards and Noble. And it'll just be this, it, it, this stuff that's geared toward lonely-ass housewives or people who are just looking for love or people who are just looking for revenge in the workplace. To me, that's bullshit. Or they're catering to people who want to talk to... Someone that they loved on the other side. You're taking advantage of folks who are in pain or who are looking for something. And that is, you know, and, and here's the thing. Uh, you know, there's no real, there's no real talking sense in some people. And you just got to let them go. Um, so when somebody's in pain or they're looking for something, sometimes they'll get desperate and take whatever they can get. So if they think that, well, at least I'm trying this book, this book is $15 and it comes with a free voodoo doll 
<laughs> you, you know, it's in this nice little package. And it's, you know, it, fucking, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, you have that or you have these, these people who buy these, uh, you know, voodoo books who it's like, yeah, you know, gain love quick, you know, 20 bucks. Here's this book that tells you how to get quick started in, in voodoo. And I can tell you from, from my years of, of messing around and studying and shit, that's not something you want, (laughs) you want to fuck with. If you're not, if you're not going to be full blown dedicated to that shit, that's not something you want to fuck with, um, in 15 minutes just to, just to get somebody. It's, it's not, it's not how that works. You got to have respect for these, these old practices, man. You got to, you got to have some sort of footing in it. You know, I never, I never stuck around with, with any of that stuff. It always interested me, but it all, always felt out of place. Always felt like I needed to be somewhere else. And so I've stuck with things that are more ancestral to me. Um, so for, for me, you know, where I'm at is, is where I should be. But I mean, some people, it's, they don't understand that, that these aren't, these folk practices aren't for folks who just come in. They're not for tourists. More than that, you know, you can't expect the results from, (laughs) to to really be uh, worth anything from a book that's just $15 that comes with a free voodoo doll or a, a free whatever, and it comes in this nice little packaging. You can't do that. That's not how this works. A lot of these are, are oral traditions. They're passed down or they're taught. You can't just go in and and do whatever. I don't have a problem with people doing whatever the fuck they want to. I've, I, I suppose my biggest problem is the misleading. Because if you're looking for something, if you're really truly looking to find out, more about yourself, more about where you come from, or more about who your people are, then the last thing you need is some asshole trying to fucking promote their YouTube channel or their fucking little witchy store by, you know, uh, using whatever fits their narrative to get that sale, right? I have a problem with this locally. <laughs> this may piss some people off if they hear it, and if they hear it, I don't really give a fuck because fuck you, that's why. You have these little these little pagan stores pop up. And I ain't gonna lie to you, I've told y'all before, like I have my pendulums, I sell them for about ten to fourteen dollars depending on how they're made. Uh depending on how much uh how much items I add to it, how how it's decorated or what have you. Um, you know, I don't I don't lie to you people about that. I've said that in a video before. Whenever I uh, posted how to use one on the page, but um, on the YouTube that doesn't get used, but you have the shops who sell these things for thirty five bucks. Right, knowing damn well that 
that they probably bought the pre-made ones. And you can bulk buy the pre-made ones. You can, you can bulk buy those for, for fairly cheap. Like, really fucking cheap. Um, I try to make mine or add them to things or make mine a little bit different. Um, yeah, I try to build mine up. I use my own chain. I use all that shit. So, but they'll sell them for like 35 bucks. Right? That automatically tells me that I don't trust these people. They're just trying to make a sale. But then it really, my ears perk up whenever they start talking about, uh, oh, yeah, uh, you know, I've been a granny witch, and I'm a fucking, I'm, uh, th- you know, six-thirds Cherokee and fucking four-halves Irish, you know. It, I know, I don't like that either, cat. Uh, so you have these people who are, who are trying to like, they try to give you their credentials, but their credentials don't really mean shit. Oh, well, I learned it from my memo. Okay. Well, what did your memo say about this? You know, and you ask them about the practice because generally it'll come off as gatekeeping for me. I'd be like, oh yeah. So then I'll start asking questions. And it's not because I'm gatekeeping at all. I literally, if you've talked to me or if you've sent me a message, you know that I, I collect stories or I collect methods of how to do things. That's how we learn and pass things on. It takes, um, it takes folks who are willing to sit down and collect stories and collect, uh, you know, uh, experiences and kind of piece together what they already know and put it with that information so that they can pass on to somebody else. So it's not that I'm gatekeeping. I just, I genuinely want to know, but if you can't tell me anything other than, well, she was a Cherokee and, uh, you know, and then somehow there's Irish in there and it's always those two things. It's fucking Cherokee and Irish. I swear to God, that's all I ever fucking hear. And up here, it don't make sense. Now further South, it does. If we're talking Carolinas and shit. Yeah. We like where I come from. There's there's a fuck ton of Shawnee, right? And you'd think there's some, something to be said about that, but no, it's always like Cherokee or uh, a Cherokee and Irish. That's it. There's there's no other variation. Cherokee and Irish. Um, despite all the Shawnee, this <laughs> is fucking hanging around. Um, so. These people will start to to throw their credentials out there very vaguely to get people to buy into this shit. Unfortunately, once you buy into it, I've seen people go down the rabbit hole of, it, instead of taking them toward the, and me and my old lady was in, in this one particular store and saw it happen firsthand. It starts out where it's more of like regional talk and more folk practice talk. And then they suckered him into coming into their fucking yogi class. All right. We're going to do our yoga. We're going to open ourselves up. Light, love, bullshit. Right. And what it ultimately has done is it has misdirected that person who's interested in where they come from and practices the, their old people, their, their, Mammals and papaws and great grandpas and great grandmas used to practice. 
they're looking for that, and then they come in and take them over here because they're going to make a fucking dollar. Let me tell you something. The New Age movement, in my opinion, is like politics. Uh, I've never seen, within, within the last 10 years, I've probably, it's been fucking wild. I've not seen, well, hell, the last five, politics be so whored out like it is. Like, it's always been there, right? It's always been kind of whored out, but never, like, merch-level shit like it is now. Now, to to be affiliated, oh, well, you need to, you need to have certain merch for that. You, you should really have this hat. You should really have this shirt, you know? And it's, it's very much like that. You know, well, you can... You can be enlightened, but you really just you really need to pay for our classes. You really need to buy the shit that's in this shop specifically. Um, you need to, you know, it, it's it's a fucking money racket, is what it is. The New Age movement, in my opinion, is a fucking money racket. I'm not gonna sit here and and be nice about it. The more I talk about it, the more I I keep thinking that. Being nice is a disservice to my listeners. But it is. It's a way to take people's legitimate interest in who they are and fucking completely shoot that right out the other side and put them in in the middle of uh, their fucking classes in their shops with their mentors and teaching them, you know, their ways. Um... And to become become good little customers. It's the exact opposite of the Appalachian mentality of using whatever you have. You know, you may not have much, but by God, you'll make it work somehow. Right? Being grounded and shit. Like, what happened to that mentality, you know? Instead, it's consumerist. I don't think the neo-paganism or any of this shit is wrong, necessarily. That's all up to an individual's choice. Do I think it's stupid in a lot of ways? Yeah, I do. I think it's disrespectful in a lot of ways. Uh, sometimes not. You know, some of these neo-pagan uh, groups and stuff and, and individuals, they know what they're doing. But when we're talking about like the New Age movement specifically... Like, it goes back to that bastardization and uh, the, 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 the neo-pagan movement seems to be infamous for. But we're also seeing a very, um, while we see a consumerist edge from a material aspect on that, on the neo-pagan uh, side, we're seeing more of a, um, I don't want to say cult mentality but almost a cult mentality with the New Age side because they want loyalty and and on top of everything else for services and shit. Instead of it being because it's a good service or because you're dedicated to what those folks are doing, it's more or less because you're being told that this is the path of enlightenment. I think enlightenment comes with strife. It doesn't come with... Um, peace and love.
I got asked once about what it'd take to get into, into my group. And I've had people come in before. And we just let, you know, whoever wanted to come in, we gave them a chance. Now I won't let anybody even come near us unless I know that they've dealt with the same troubles and same problems and we're in the same shit together. And that's because if anybody's ever been in a bad spot, you see it a lot with uh, military guys or uh, guys who, who are in these groups together. A lot of the time, if you're not in it with, if you're not in the shit with the, the person next to you, you're not going to have the same relationship. Enlightenment comes from struggle and coming out the other side. Connection and this loyalty that they try to breed doesn't come from being told things or light and love, new age of, of peace. It comes from going through shit with somebody. We have to understand that at some point money is not the answer. Buying into somebody's beliefs which is going to make you spend more money <laughs> to, to go further it's, it's to me that's absurd don't try to find the easy way out if you want enlightenment old time religion you hear not, not as much about hellfire and brimstone as you hear about trials by fire and grace and things like that. But I want to talk about specifically trials by, trial by fire. A trial by fire, when it comes to some of these old preachers that I've heard talk about this stuff, it's never been the people that's been baptized and washed in, in the blood of Christ, right? Anybody can do that. And you may be back the next week getting dunked in the river, right? The real test of a man's holiness, or his spirit, and what he's made of and his true intent, comes from the troubles that he faces. And this cat is <laughs> very, very loud with her purring, yes. Uh, but it comes from the, the struggles and the hardships that he faces and how he comes out on the other side. That's what makes the man holy. That's what tells you how that, uh, you know, about what that man's made of. What's, in a, what's truly in his heart. Now, to me that says a lot about how to live your life.
I'm not talking about going out here and forcibly making all these hard things happen, but don't run from them whenever they do happen. Sometimes you can't run. I know a lot of people's probably expecting a big explanation of uh, how to do things and so forth, and I thought about doing that, and I and I think I want to start using the YouTube channel for that stuff, though, or at least how I do things, setting up jars and stuff. That's those are things I really want to do on the YouTube channel. So I'm saving that for that. But this was really just about the New Age movement compared to, you know, a folk uh, practice such as Appalachian witchery or old-time religion for that matter. With that said, hopefully this has uh, got you guys to think a little bit about really where you put your attention into as far as you know, finding yourself, finding your own way. It's not exactly a straight and narrow road if you're going the right way. Shit's bumpy. You may be going off-road for a while. The most important thing is you recognize um, and, and really embrace the idea of taking those off-road moments and coming out to the other side. Spiritually, um, hopefully stay true to yourselves. But also don't be falling for the bullshit. There's a lot of folks out there who's just trying to make a dollar off your soul. But that's up to you to give that. You know, don't buy into the bullshit and keep yourself grounded. I still stand by an earlier thing that I said in one of the one of the first episodes where I mentioned that I believe you should get out more. And I gave a little bit of homework sitting outside and just kind of feeling around noticing sounds and changes in air. I still stand by that. I think doing that a couple times a week may may help you clear your head enough to to really get reconnected with the ground with the mountains, with the trees. Sounds like a bunch of hippie talk, don't it? <laughs> Sounds like, like I'm about to start spouting some light and love. But, um, it's not. It's getting yourself in the right mindset to say fuck everything else and get your, get yourself ready to, to really do whatever it takes with the understanding that Everything that you need to do that, to take those steps forward, is just right around you. You don't need to go out here and buy this, that, and the other thing. You don't have to do some big, fancy-ass ritual for it. Just take your fucking shoes off. Feel the ground on your feet. And just really try to feel and and smell and, and taste the air and, and all around you to... Um, let it lead you.
Well, that said, I think I'm pretty much done with that topic. Uh, next time we'll be talking about ancestors and honoring ancestors. In way of uh, YouTube, I don't want to be on camera too much. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't. I don't like camera uh, shit. I used to do it a lot. I had like 300 some videos, I think, at one point on my old channel. Whenever I was doing heathenry stuff. And uh, I didn't like being on camera then. But almost every video I had was on camera. So we're not doing that anymore. But I would like to start doing videos. Um, maybe kind of covering the the jars, bottles, bottle work and things like that. So if you're interested in that, I've got a link tree um, in the bio of the Instagram page. You can go there. I don't even remember the damn channel's name. Right now, it's mo mostly used for archiving stuff. So if there's a good documentary or a good um, set of videos or whatever that deal with culture or history or whatever, I usually keep them in playlists. And then, of course, I have the pendulum uh, video there as well. So any videos that I actually make will be posted on there also. But, uh, just letting y'all know that, um, there will be more stuff posted on there. It's just, uh, got to figure out what, and if it's even, if, 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 uh, anybody even gives a shit. Cause if it's, if it's not really something that people want to see then it's, it might not be worth the time to sit down and do it I can whenever I can sit and talk to somebody individually and tell them how to do it um, because that's usually how I teach things like people will come to me and ask me a question and I'll just teach them right off if it's something that I've been asked about multiple times I'll cover it but for the most part I'll just I'll tell you individually with that said uh, take care of yourself and um uh, Stay, you and stay warm because uh, I think there's another storm coming next week. But I don't know who all it's going to hit. It looks like it's going to hit on the other side of the Canal Valley. So if you're listening in the area, um, be mindful of that and prepare for it. So catch you guys next time.